It has been an eventful day. It's funny. I, I looked at the schedule today and thought to myself, eh, I wasn't like that jazzed about a lot of the matchups. And then in actuality, it's been a banger of a day. Yeah, I wish I could have watched um, like you were able to do, but I did manage to um, listen to some AO radio, which has been very good. Yeah, I um, you suggested that as I was about to leave the grounds today. <clears throat> Excuse me, I don't think I've spoken to anybody all day, so I have to like shake loose the cobwebs. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you suggested as I was about to leave the grounds, uh, or you you mentioned that you were listening to AO Radio, so I put it on for the for the walk home. It's like a forty five minute plus walk. It's pretty nice, and uh, caught the. Uh, second set of the Layla Fernandez Caroline Garcia match on AO Radio with Steve Pierce and Candy Reed, and I uh, thought they were just spectacular. Yeah, really um, good. Really good. I mean, it's a little hard to follow the action, but I just thought they, you know, just had really good personalities that cover the entire event really well. They they're fielding emails from people and I love that they take email instead of Twitter. I'm just, I was, uh, I was delighted. I thought they were great. Mm. Yeah. It's really, um, radio is such a great form because I've been using it because I've been so busy and been working on installing a show. So I've just been able to put it on in the car or um, whilst I'm working, have it, have it going in the background. Um, it's such a it's kind of an old school thing to do I think um, but it's good to see that the medium still lives and that there's these commentators out there with the skills to call the play by play yeah yeah it's um it's very much a different medium I think I, I really do appreciate the the way they they kind of painted a picture of everything that was going on on the grounds mm. whereas i think on tv you know they won't really tell you anything about what's going on somewhere else unless they want to show the video and usually they tend to be pretty focused on what's you know like what's right in front of you also there were no ads yeah so that that helped a lot actually it's yeah pretty delightful yeah it's like um it's like a service for the public if you just yeah if you can't be there it's very, um, very accessible. Apparently, mm. um, if you go to watch it live, they have like an enhanced experience for um, people with low visibility, um, low, uh, how do you say it? Like if you're visibility impaired. Yeah, low vision, sorry. Um, impaired or impaired vision or if you're blind. I don't know how they do it, but apparently they like they give you a sense more with um, the other senses that you do have of where the ball is and what the intensity is. Mm. Um, so it's really kind of interesting. Yeah, it wasn't just the quality of the commentating. I, I thought that the entire sound, the audio production, was really good. And it, I, I don't know if this was true, but it felt like in stereo, like I was on the the net you know like on like in the middle of the court and i could hear one ball being struck on my left and the other on the right so i really like you know i I started listening and i was on the grounds 
and you know you're on the grounds normally and you hear the sounds of the crowd and the balls being struck and you know there is there is kind of that atmosphere so but it was it was like a very natural blending into this different experience of walking through the city and taking in the, that one match um, on the radio whereabouts in the city are you staying actually I'm in Carlton North and just um, just barely north, like just just on the other side of whatever the dividing line is from Carlton proper. So you can actually like I'm on Rathdown Street and you can uh, you can walk straight down Rathdown into the CBD and then you cross the bridge and you get to Rod Labor. So it's about a 40 minute walk um, if you if you take a straight shot. I kind of had a bit of a rambling indirect way oh. but home and, and also to to the site today which was nice got my steps in nice was that where were you living in carlton last time well? yeah yeah i decided i st- intentionally stayed in my old neighborhood but it's a it's a little bit of a different experience just i'm much closer to the city and it's about a 20 minute walk north to where i was um so at that distance, it felt like a little bit much to walk. And here it's like kind of just right. And I did, I borrowed a bicycle. My friend Chris was able to lend me a bike, but I haven't really been using it much. I've been kind of enjoying just, you know, puffing it around. Nice. Well, um, let's let's have a look, David, at the upset game, because I, I think I've scored a couple of points here and i think you have too yeah um i actually i just updated the uh the upset game table is that what you call standings in australia you call them tables yeah or sometimes we call it a ladder a ladder yes well a ladder would incline that there's uh <laughs> would would uh imply that there's somewhere to climb and unfortunately uh matt you've uh, you've lost I've lost already. I, yeah, yeah, it's all over for you. Uh, you did, you did successfully pick Alexi Paparin over Taylor Fritz, which is a, is a pretty, pretty bold pick, I think. I mean, Poppy is really good, but he doesn't seem to do anything outside of the Australian Open. Um, yeah, I think I think the radio commentators were talking about how he doesn't really work that hard. You know, that's not his reputation. So, um, but yeah, huge win for him over Fritz in five sets. Well, that's, yeah, the Aussie Open kind of um, effect was what led me to pick um, Kim Birrell uh, to win in the first round over Kinepi. Mm. Um, right, because, because your other successful pick. Right, because I knew um, there's always, like last year, I think it was Madison Inglis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's always, there's always some unheralded. Australian that lifts for a, and has a little run, wins a round or two. Um, so it's very yeah. predictable. Right. <laughs> yeah, Kaya Kanepi also is like a great upset game pick historically, but I feel like only if she's the underdog. If she's the underdog, she's a great pick. Right. But as the, as the clear favorite, um, I went and saw uh, Kim Beryl today, uh, the end of her match against Linda Pruvirtova, which was pretty great. Because uh, again, Kia Arena is uh, an absolute masterpiece of a tennis stadium, and 
you know, you had the Aussie crowd, but it wasn't like obnoxious, which, yeah. you know, sometimes that Aussie crowd, I just don't, I don't think I would have wanted to be there for Alexi Popperin today. I think it would have been a little, little much, but um, yeah, Kim Birrell played all right, but Fruvirtova, Fruvirtova, I'm not exactly sure I'm pronouncing her name right, so we'll have to, we'll have to investigate, but um, she was impressive and uh, yeah. You know, Linda and Brenda, we kind of, we discussed that there's two um, children of the 80s, sisters. So I'm, I'm not sure that the chocolate babka in that uh, family might actually be Linda. So um, Brenda's out? Is she, Brenda's is out. She? Yeah, she qualified. And I think, uh, I'm pretty sure she lost in the first round. Did not pick her in the upset game. So those were your two successful upset game picks. Poppy D. Fritz for two points. Beryl D. Canepi for one point. Um, and then your other eight picks uh, <laughs> didn't come through. <laughs> that uh, sounds bad, but I mean, you know, these are these are these are tough I, calls. Uh, I can't believe I had Jean Jean over Azarenka. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I had Kenan over Azarenka. Azarenka, absolutely. Well, she didn't get to play Jean Jean. Jean Jean went out in the first round round. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> Azarenka, I think Cannon played her pretty tough, but in the second round, Azarenka just, she came, I think she got onto court at 11.30 p.m. last night. And she's like, fuck this, I'm getting out of here. She won 6-1, 6-love. Let me double check to see who she beat. She beat uh, Podoruska. Yep, 6-1, oh, 6-love. Yeah, and Podoroska like hammered Jean Jean, and then I think for a similar <laughs> score, like six love, six two or something, and then and then Azarenka beat Podoroska six love, six one or something like that. Yeah, so all of a sudden, you know, our our uh, disbelief in Victoria Azarenka has been has been tossed back in our faces. She's looking good early. Um, yeah, so so the picks I've had come through. I actually still have one active pick, so so my point total may still increase. But uh, I successfully picked JJ Wolf defeating Diego Schwartzman today. Um, it was, was a great, pick. it was a great day for Americans. I was feeling real red, white, and blue pride, man. Um, also, I'm rocking the like JJ Wolf mustache and tank top look. So I just I showed up for like two games. Um, my strategy today on the on the grounds was to not get stuck. Like I was like, I don't need to see the entirety of a match if I'm not feeling it. Like I went and saw uh, Davidovich Fakina and um, Tommy Paul, and I was rooting for Foki because I yeah, I like both of those players, but I was rooting for Fakina, and I knew it was going to be a five set match. It's like those two guys in a slam. There's just no, it's never going to be easy. And so I watched a set and a half, and then I was like, all right, I'm out of here. And I went into the J.J. Wolf match, and I watched two games. He closed out the second set, and I was like, all right, I think I've seen enough. He was up two sets to love. Schwartzman just didn't really look like himself. So it was a bit funereal over there. Not a lot of Wolf fans. The Wolf pack was not out. Not yet. Okay, see, so anyway, but you had a good, um, had a good time, and you also won two points from that encounter. Right. Sorry for the 
the uh, the rambling uh, tan no. series of tangents. Um, Not at all. The... I like it. Okay. Give us yeah. give us a, um, <laughs> a, a like a sense of um, you're giving us a sense of what it's like on the grounds today. Mm. Um, you also had Schmiedlover over Trevisan. Yeah, that one felt like a layup to me. I don't feel like Trevisan wins outside of the French Open very much. Schmiedlova is a decent player. I, I didn't feel 100% confident, but Trevisan being seeded, I mean, basically is on the strength of her French Open semifinal run last year. Yeah. So. That was smart. Yeah, so I got that one. And you had also um, Donna Vekic over Samsonova. Yeah, that one was a little trickier because I don't, I still don't have a feel for Samsonova as a player. But I did have a sense that Donna Vekic has been playing a lot better, and she has been a top twenty player pretty recently. Right. Um, I think she had a poor year, so she's unseated at the moment. But um, yeah, so that's that's the entirety of my point total thus far. So that's five points to your three. And unfortunately, all of your other picks are out. I still have Chapeau and Hercotch tomorrow. Which... Yeah, for another three, that would take you to eight. That'd be great. Yeah, that would be. Uh, I don't know if that would be a record. I guess I could look look at the history here. Um, yeah, last time both Alex and I had six points each, so I'm going for a new world record in the upset game. <laughs> <laughs> I want to point out that um, if Samsonova had have won, I would have mm. still been active with Paristas Diaz um, yeah. in the third round. I, uh, I got hot. It's always, um, it's kind of uh, deflating sometimes when you pick the upset person, but then, you know, the seed doesn't come through. Yeah, right. And I think you had made the argument um, over text that, you know, if you had gotten that correct, you should have gotten not just three points, but four, because that meant that Parisas Diaz would have also beaten a seed in the first round because she took out um, Hadadmaya uh, in the first round, which I was not, not anticipating. Right, yeah. You, anyway, you knew something it's... about uh, Parisas Diaz that I didn't know. I watched her play. She's a fighter. I thought she had a chance. And I tend to go with my heart in these games. Like, I just like her, so... Yeah. Um, which I, you know, I appreciate that about you, because even though you you like Martina Trevis on you, you picked against her. That's the secret to your success. You're able to mm. set aside your um, preferences and really good picks yeah um i think there's actually something kind of strategic in that because i learned this a long time ago that i am not a gambler i don't enjoy gambling it makes me feel crazy but i have decided that if i'm going to gamble a good way to gamble is against my team like mm. So that way I create a, a no-lose scenario for myself. Like say I bet, you know, like say the Knicks were in the NBA championship and somebody's like, you want to bet $100 that the, the Knicks are going to win? I would never bet $100 that the Knicks are going to win. I would bet $100 that the Knicks are going to lose. So that way either the Knicks lose a championship and I get $100 or 
the Knicks win and I lose a hundred dollars. You know, there's sort of no no loss in that scenario. Yeah. Yeah, that's smart. But but then you know you could argue that I, I don't really have uh, <laughs> skin in the game at that point. I care more about the Knicks winning than making a hundred. You know, a hypothetical hundred dollars. So. Wouldn't actually do that, and I think in tennis it's it's less of that. You know, as like I love Azarenka. I'm happy that she won. I picked Kyrgios over Djokovic in the fifth round in the quarterfinals. We both had Kyrgios picks in our in our lineup, and and uh, when he withdrew, we decided to allow ourselves uh, new picks. By the way, both of which we got correct. Those were those were yeah. the correct picks that we made. Yeah, yeah. That, um, I think that was. A bit, we still had to. Uh, choose from the first round matches that hadn't been played yet so um, there wasn't any advantage really to wait except that I think maybe we're a bit more focused and a bit more you know considering the draw a bit more closely by that stage yeah yeah possibly it definitely narrowed the possibility space a little bit mm. but it was only after the first day I do. It is interesting, though. Like, I, I, I think the game is a success. It's really been fun to play. I mean, unfortunately, we had one less participant <laughs> this year, this time, compared to last, because Alex never got some picks in. But uh, it is, it is fun to pay attention to. But, but we're only on day four, and the game is over. And uh, I feel like that's that's probably the biggest downside of the game at the moment. Yes. Um, um, I'm gonna sec, David. Sure thing. Um, uh, that's okay, Matt. You've just entered a, a live podcast. Oh, um, <laughs> I'll be ready in twenty if you want me to make dinner there. Oh, I, I can get it underway in twenty minutes. I'll be done in twenty. All right, I'll, uh, we'll, we'll um, sorry, we'll see each other then. No, that's okay. okay. I'll, I'll tell David about um my housemate Matt's disappointment that Curios is out. Mm. Good for the game. Yeah, he, he's always arguing that Curios is good for the game. <laughs> yeah, despite uh, well, a lot of um, the, the continued way in which he divides people. Yeah, I think you know Curios probably does like he does more to irritate like core tennis fans who appreciate the like you know the etiquette and the the tone of the game, mm. you know, who like feel a certain way about it. And I'm not, I don't know. I, I, I like a bit of a reverence. He just crosses the line too often for me. Um, but yeah, I, I think overall, if you're just looking at the game, like the popularity of the sport, clearly he brings people in. So, you know, yeah. I, I don't think you can deny that. Yeah. It's, I think it's more like a moral and ethical question for some people. They like, I don't, feel we should be elevating this type of behavior or narcissism or um, disregard for certain people that you could argue that he he also brings but um yeah i'm also of the school bring on the chaos bring on some, some the difference but he's out let's not talk about him anymore because um he's kind of irrelevant now as is nadal is out um as well Yep. So Nadal's out. Um, Taylor Fritz is out. Casper Ruud is out. 
defeated by Jensen Brooksby, which I was extremely excited about. You guys know I'm a big Brooksby admirer. Yeah. And he is is a bit of a dickhead. He is? He's actually, he's the first player that Molly and I really disagree on. She can't stand him. She posed in a picture with his likeness, didn't she? Uh, (laughs) At that tournament you went to last year? Yeah, she. I, I think you're right. I think she might have been rolling her eyes. I'm not sure. Oh, right. Yeah, she might have right. been mock, like, oh, I love you so much, Jensen. Uh, that's what it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I mean, part of it is just his game style. The dude, like, uh, he's so crafty. You know, they they talk about, you know, he's he's got that, like, winning ugly thing. Oh, yeah. You know, a little, little bit of Brad Gilbert in him, I suppose. He also, um, doesn't he, his game style is, is kind of funky as well, like the shots he hits. and Yeah, he has a very like awkward looking stiff backhand, mm. but he can, he can redirect the ball really well. He played some unbelievable defense against Rude uh, in that, you know, especially in the final game. The final game, he, he, was, he, hit, he, he like won two points in such spectacular fashion that Carlos Bernardes, the umpire, was actually gaping like open mouth, like he couldn't believe what he just saw, which <laughs> an umpire <laughs> like should not be doing, you know. So we've got um, Layla Annie Fernandez just lost a real tight one against Carolyn Casilla. Yeah, the radio commentators were really going for it with the Annie thing. Layla Annie, yeah, they just kept calling her Layla Annie. It seems like that's something she gets called. You know, a lot of people don't use their middle name, but Layla Annie and Bianca Vanessa both yeah. use their middle names a bit. Or they just like maybe they filled out the form and included their middle name, and therefore it showed up in like all of the official documentation. And then all the other players were like, "No one does that. <laughs> no one includes the middle name." No. Layla's like, my friends call me Layla. It's like a way for her to know that you don't really know her, even though you obviously know a little bit more than the average sports yeah. fan. It's more but less. <laughs> Be all of these things at the same time. Yeah. Um, I saw the and the first set tie break in uh, Federation Square. They have a bunch of chairs set up here in downtown CBD, Melbourne. As you're like coming out of the tennis, you know, there's this, this is actually where I watched the famous Federer Rafa match in 2017, like packed into the square, oh, a wow. big screen TV set up. And the, the radio that I was listening to was perfectly timed with the TV. So I like was getting the Steve Pierce radio commentary while watching. Um, and Fernandez was up like five, one and in the breaker, she was up a double mini break, and yes. Garcia just hit these insane winners and a bunch of aces, I think, to to take it. She's an aggressive player, isn't she? She she hits a lot of winners. She cares for her shots. Yeah, it was uh, when I got home. The match had just ended, and they they had the stats up on the on the TV, and it was it was really stark that the difference. Like Layla um, Layla Annie Fernandez had like a third of the number of winners and much fewer unforced errors as well. It was that kind of style matchup. Like Garcia had 40 plus winners and 30 something errors, you know? 
So definitely going for it a lot more. And it seems like the, the story of the match is that Layla was absolutely good enough to win, but Garcia won all of the big points. Right. Like every point that really mattered. When it really mattered. But but until that break that um, Garcia got in the end of that second set, Layla, it seems like she wasn't really troubled on her um, on his service games. And yep. that um, Garcia wasn't able to return a lot of those serves. Even though Layla Annie is 5'6", she's not big. Uh, she doesn't have a massive first serve or anything, but I think they were just really well-placed serves and mm. just, you know, she played a really good game. Um, but Garcia is one of, one of the best in the world at the moment. Um, her yeah. performance last year were outstanding and she's made a real um, leap to be a top five in the world player. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, it's it's interesting. It was um yesterday it was uh Raducanu who went out against Coco Goff in another a match that felt kind of similar, like um, you know, really high level uh for a good chunk of it. I think it kind of started rough, but um and just had this intensity, you know, the I was gonna I'm gonna call it like playoff intensity. <laughs> like it's uh, you know. Obviously, everything's on the line at this point, but there was just something about the matchup that felt really good and charged, and you had a similar thing here, and it was Fernandez, of course, who was the finalist uh, playing against Raducanu two years ago at the U.S. Open. So it's, it feels like a little bit of a shame to me. Both Fernandez and Raducanu were playing well enough to be second-week players, but since they're unseeded, they ran into a top player, a top five, top ten player in the second round, and yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, I agree, and I think uh, it's still heartening to see those two U.S. Open finalists from twenty twenty one finally sort of, you know, establishing themselves. You know, it's been a steady progression. Like that was crazy. The fact that they both made the final, and yeah. then after that, normal service resumed. And they were just like top 100, top 50 players. Um, uh, more so, Radicanu, you know, had that drop off where she lost a lot of matches. Layla Annie had some injuries, but she was still like keeping up a pretty high level. But now yeah. they've both established themselves as really good players that um, just may in the future, if they keep this trajectory up, achieve those heady dizzying heights of grand slam finals if um yeah if things keep going this way yep yeah i think uh for, for whatever reason i've been less excited about radu kanu um perhaps because she won because she won it was almost it was almost too easy you know she didn't she didn't play a top 10 player in that run and but i mean it was incredible no matter you know i can't take that away from her but i really really warm to uh layla fernandez and continue to root for her pretty hard and i would love to see both of them at the top of the game i think they they obviously have the ability to get there but they're they're both super young and uh there's still time and right. uh yeah we'll we'll see where it goes it's just a shame because it felt like both of them were playing well enough to really get on a run again and uh but now they're both out so on we go neither of them look as good as coco Goff, though she looks i think it was one of the commentators on ao radio was saying she's like a 25 year old veteran in an 18 year old's body like she's 
you know, she looks seriously, you know, confident, established. Yeah, 100%. And it, it's, I think it's interesting. It's almost like with Coco, it feels like the trajectory has been just steady, solid, upward progress. You know, she didn't have that huge breakthrough when she was 16. I mean, she, she won a few rounds at a slam when she was 15 or 16 years old. Um, so she, you know, she burst onto the scene, but she didn't, she didn't go all the way. She didn't like follow through on that potential. It's just been incremental, getting better, getting more mature, match tough. She made her first final, her first slam final last year. Uh, it's coming. It, it just feels like, like a lot of young players, you, you just don't know until they actually do it. But I think I feel confident saying that she will break through and win a slam in the next year or two. She might break through. Well, it wouldn't be a breakthrough because she's already won a doubles grand slam, hasn't she? I'm not sure if she has. I think she's been to some finals. Okay. Well, her and Pagula are the number two seeds uh, in the doubles. Yeah. And they're uh, four one up in the third set against Martinkova and Donovic. Yeah, they have not. They have not won a, a slam in doubles. They've been finalists at the French and the U.S. Open. Okay, two finals, and they made an appearance at the WTA doubles finals. Yeah, I think they were they were pretty bad, right? They were both really bad in singles, which was surprising because they both had such strong seasons. And Pagula also looks like somebody who's ready to win a slam at the moment. So in does. singles. She does. And to throw another one in there, Sabalenka had a really easy win today. So there's a right. lot of um, first-time slam, potential slam winners on the women's side. Yeah, well, and it, it is the case that um, the only Australian Open champion still in the draw is uh, Victoria Azarenka. So there will likely, if it's not Vika, likely be a first-time Aussie Open winner on the women's side. And uh, yeah, I think there, there's still some some champions, obviously, elsewhere in the draw. Sviantec, most notably. She looks she looks pretty tough to beat at the moment, as does uh, Mr. Novak Djokovic. Yeah, you can't go past Novak on the men's side. Novak Djokovic has taken the court against Enzo Kuku or Kuko. Kua, kua. Qua qua? Qua qua. Qua qua? <laughs> that, that's how crows sound in French. Qua qua. Qua qua. <laughs> I don't think this match is going to be very competitive. Novak is going to pick the little French bird apart. Uh, what about Andy Murray, though? Andy Murray had a great first round win over Berrettini. Yeah, um, I watched a lot of that match, but then had dinner plans and missed the fifth set. Apparently, Berrettini had match point. That was like a total gimme. Uh, this is this is one I'd love to have had Alex's take on because he's a, he's been a pretty big Berrettini fan historically, and he likes Mario as well. He would have enjoyed that match. Yeah, um, it feels good. Like I've never been a big Murray fan myself, but I just I love the fact that he keeps grinding. You know, and, and uh, I'll be rooting for him tonight against Kokonakis, I think. Um, 
which I think is going to be a pretty tough one for him to get through. I just don't trust him to hold up, you know, like after that grinding five-set win. Can he back it up and go out there against, like, the hometown favorite who's coming in in good form? And it's going to be tough. Yeah. But not impossible. Yeah. You have to think it'd be a bit of an obnoxious crowd uh, oh, yeah. for, for Kokonokis. Yeah. I, I did, my, my friend Adi in, in Austin was texting with me earlier. He's like, you're not staying for Murray Kokonakis? It's like, no, man. Nah, mate. Give me too many dickheads. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't have tickets. They'll probably be have a lot, we'll probably have a lot of neutral Murray fans, I'd say, as well. I wonder, I, I don't know if Murray, like Murray is not like Rafa or Roger or even Novak here. Like Novak here get gets really nice support from Serbian fans. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see on TV because I mean, he is he's a legend of the sport. I was at that match when he pseudo retired against Roberto Batista Agu. And obviously he was getting the love from the crowd on that day. Uh, but yeah, here against the, the Aussie, not so sure. It'll, it'll, it'll be interesting. I think Kokonakis is pretty popular. Yeah, he is. So our 50th Tennis Tragic episode is coming up. Episode 50, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We'll have to do something special for it. Yeah, I think it'll be, it'll probably be an in-person one. Mm-hmm. We'll, have a, we'll have a fireworks display. <laughs> and a cake? Yeah, we should get a cake. I like that idea. <laughs> Some good cake shops in, in Melbourne. Excellent. Well, um, Dave, I might have to leave it there. All right. Um, but I did want to ch- touch base with you um, still early in the tournament and just uh, have a look at the upset game. Congratulations on winning. Thank you. Better luck next time. Matt, thanks for, for playing with me. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Um, uh, not someone we didn't mention was on Chabert. She's still in it. She's playing Von to the tonight on Rod Lane. Mm. Yeah. Looking forward to checking that one out from the comfort of my Airbnb where you will be joining me in just a few short days. We'll have a an in-person recording or two. Our 50th episode. Cake. Alex Dawson. Hopefully yeah. if we can get his audio problems sorted. Alex Dawson will be joining us on the, our 50th anniversary episode our 50th um, episode um and yes so when i arrived david I, I think we should go for a melbourne coffee to start off with yeah you'll be getting in bright and early uh yeah. saturday morning so i'll uh, i'll get up for you and we'll, we'll do just that so see you in a, see you in a few days matt i look forward to it dave all right pleasure The Tennis Tragic thanks you for listening. All correspondence and feedback can be directed to tennistragicpod at gmail.com and our Instagram is at tennistragicpod.